Hello, I'm Ryan Cove, and I'm the senior pastor at Hopewell United Brethren Church. Hello and welcome to UB Now. My name is Brian Biedenbach and I'm the Communications Director at the United Brethren National Office. And you might be wondering, what is UB Now? Well, this is a new project designed to connect and resource our pastors and churches around the country by sharing stories of what's happening right now. Today, I want to introduce you to Ryan Cove. He's the pastor at Hopewell United Brethren Church in Auburn, Indiana. And he was recently ordained as an elder in the United Brethren Church. He's served in various associate roles, including that of campus pastor at one of the largest churches in Fort Wayne before he made his way to the senior pastorate at Hopewell. I'm excited to talk to Ryan today to hear more of his story and all the exciting things that are happening at Hopewell right now. Ryan, it's good to talk to you today, man. Good to talk to you as well. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, for sure. You are kicking off this new project uh, called UB Now. How do you feel about that? Uh, you know, it's probably wise to put someone like me first, uh, to work out the kinks and you can let the heavy hitters come and back clean up later. <laughs> you know? Well, there's a reason I chose you first and, uh, we yeah. talked a little bit about it off offline here. Um, just because I know the, for the neighborhoods and the nation's podcast that we were working on, you had some good insight and some good feedback about that and, uh, some ideas about some future projects maybe that we could do. So I was really excited to pull you in and pick your brain a little bit offline, uh, but to have you here first for this. So again, welcome, welcome. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about your story and we talked a little bit about the story of Hopewell, which is why we're doing this project. I don't even want to call it a podcast yet because uh, we're still trying to figure out what spaces we're going to utilize this. But uh, we really want this to be a place where pastors and leaders around the denomination can hear from one another, can learn from one another, and can use this as a catalyst maybe to connect offline to pick each other's brains about maybe similar vision and similar situations that are happening in our churches. But I want to, before we get to what's happening in your church, Ryan, I'd love to hear a little bit of your story, how you came to faith first, and then maybe how you came to the pastorate role at Hopewell. I came to the Lord because I had a grandma, a grandma that's very similar to probably some of the grandma sitting in your church. Um, you know, my parents, didn't walk with the Lord. So I grew up in a non-Christian household, but I was loved by grandma and grandma took me to our church's VBS. Um, so I got to mm -hmm. experience and get an introduction to the gospel through that. And she invited me to stay with her for that week. So we got to play games, do Monopoly, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I remember one uh, summer at VBS week, she, after VBS, invited me to say the Lord's Prayer. She said, would you want to accept Jesus? And I did. She sent me home with a Bible so I, I came to the Lord through a, a grandma who invited her grandson to be a part of the BBS <laughs> and invested relationally. And so that started my, my faith journey. And I was on my own uh, in Christ, uh, living in a non-Christian household until I got mm. to high school and was able to trans, you know, transport myself into, uh, to church. So now you're you're a teenager. You're in high school. You're coming mm -hmm. to faith. You've come to faith and you're growing. Um, what was the call to ministry like from did you feel that call early on in your high school years or was it later? Yeah, definitely early on. Um, and I think that call was was stemmed from a deep love for the church. And part mm -hmm. of the reason I had a deep love for the church early on was I found community and family there in a way that I didn't um, in, in my biological family or at school. 
And I found father figures, right? Like my youth pastor and older men of the church invested in me when I had a dad who, you know, was a welder, construction guy, uh, gone a lot. And when he was home, um, you know, it's often, it was not relationally engaged, right? Not an investing in yeah. my son kind of thing. So for me, that created a deep love for the church, which created a desire to serve the church and build the church, um, which led me to the, the call to ministry that was affirmed by, you know, my pastor and youth pastor of the time. So. Yeah. And so you served, you stepped into, was it the role of youth pastor first mm -hmm. uh, at a church? And then you served in a couple different roles. Tell me a little bit about that journey. Yeah. So, you know, I got engaged in, in high school. So in high school, I was teaching like junior high Sunday school in college. I was invested, led quizzing. So I did a lot in the church, you know, as a lay person, but yeah, stepped out, got my first job at a small United Methodist church in downtown Port Wayne. Um, you know, I was, um, I grew up in a, in the country, so we didn't have a single minority in a high school of 1,200. Mm -hmm. I went in a youth group where, you know, uh, it was prim primarily minority. And so it was a good learning experience for me, good way to build relationships, see a different part of, you know, Fort Wayne and engage in local ministry there. So served there for about two years. Um, that church was on a decline um, and had to had to relieve they let go of the senior pastor, let go of me. So mm. was job hunting and took up a job as a youth pastor in the suburbs of Fort Wayne in the town called Leo. Okay. Served there for 10 years in various roles. Went from being a youth pastor to content associate pastor. And that merged into being a campus pastor with that church. Okay. What was the attraction to the United Brethren Church from where you came from? Yeah. So, you know, I spent, um, like I said, 10 years in Leo in a non-denominational church, right? So suburb non-denominational church, it was, it has strengths, there's beauty to it, but there's also some, some deep weaknesses with non-denominational churches, especially when moments of crisis happen. And the mm. church I was involved in had a moment of crisis, had a leadership crisis that was a logjam that could, was not able to be unstuck in a healthy way. And they got so stuck that they couldn't even agree on who to bring in to help unstick mm. it because they knew if they bring in yeah. person A, they're going to alpha solution A, person B, solution B. So seeing that, hey, there is a need for a church, maybe not when things are running smooth all the time, but certainly when things get tough to have a community around with trusted leaders and investors. And so that's what set me into desire for the a denomination. Um, Hopewell, my, I came into the United Brethren through the gates of Hopewell. And Hopewell, I was working at a, at a non-pastoral job for a year. My father had just died, had a real tough church exit. My mentor mm. said, take a season out of ministry. So worked on that, worked on my marriage. I worked on my family after a difficult season. And a uh, guy that I worked with said, hey, our pastor just resigned. Anybody know a pastor? And mm. somebody who worked on the factory floor pointed the guy back who works in the warehouse driving forklifts and said, I think he's a pastor. And uh, <laughs> so we had a conversation. And I applied to Hopewell and then vetted not only Hopewell, but also the United Brethren simultaneously and, and really grew to appreciate the United Brethren. Yeah. What was the what's the attraction about the denomination itself when you said you grew to to appreciate it? Was it uh, you talked about community and family in a mm -hmm. previous church? Was it that? Was it doctrine? Was it the leadership or was it a kind of a combination of all of that for you? Yeah, um, I think there's there's three pillars, right? And the first one is that leadership and health um, that pr that's provided to local leadership when they get into sticky moments or mm. needing wisdom and guidance, right? So we've covered that one. But the other two, they are highly relationally connected. Um, 
which I'm very grateful for. They have that cluster system where I get a chance to meet with uh, five or six other pastors that are in my geographic area. In fact, I like it so much, I actually double dip. Um, I inherited a cluster <laughs> that's primarily, most of the guys are 45 minutes away from me. I added to that with the denomination's blessing, a group of pastors in the Fort Wayne area. So they're all within 20 minutes of me, essentially, 30 okay. minutes. And so for me, that relational connection to be able to encourage other pastors, be encouraged by other pastors, to learn from each other, that is a wonderful thing and a huge blessing. And the third piece for the United Brethren, I think they do a good job of being doctrinally sound. And, mm. and they do that by, by um, articulating well and holding well primary things and secondary things, right? Very firm on the primary central things of the gospels, the things that matter, that drive us, that are clear. Then they do a good job of living with unity and mutual respect on the things that the scripture maybe allows some diversity on. And so I appreciate how they navigate those tensions in our climate. Yeah, I, you know, I agree with all of those. That was some of my, the appeal and my attraction to the United Brethren Church as well. When I began back in the early 2000s, um, I, you know, the thing that I resonate most with, though, and what you said is the relational connection of our pastors and of our, our people, our leaders, our churches, our clusters. And that's one reason I wanted to add this UB Now project to kind of help facilitate even connections beyond the local cluster system, uh, because there's churches in Pennsylvania that may hear something that's happening at Hopewell and say, oh, I need to talk to Ryan. I would love to talk to Ryan about that situation because we have that same vision for our church and maybe we're hitting a, a we've got an obstacle we didn't anticipate. And Ryan seems to have learned how to move past that. And so that's, again, the, the vision for this project. So I really resonate with that, uh, that piece of it, too. So, Ryan, as we talk about vision and things that are happening at Hopewell now, talk a little bit about what's happening at your church. Yeah. So a little bit about how we do things at Hopewell. Um, we came in and determined as a leadership team, and one of my goals was to set a yearly focus. Right. Um, so each year we, we have a key word or one of the pieces of our vision that we try to pursue and we try to move that ball forward down the field while trying to maintaining mm -hmm. the other ones. And this helps us to be honed in our leadership. It helps our congregation to know where we're trying to go this year. It also helps um, rhythm us well. Right. To give us, hey, each year we have a so we're not pushing too fast. We're not dragging too yeah. slow in terms of leadership change. So it's been a great tool for us. And in brief, um, I, I meant finishing my fourth year at Hopewell. So year one was the year of vision. We articulated a vision of love God, love people, leave a legacy. And we restructured leadership teams to help us. Second year was the year focused on prayer. That included things like prayer meetings, monthly prayer focus, which we pray for partner ministries and sister churches. We pray, we encourage um, people to be praying for each other before and after service. Year three was outreach. That's an exciting one. I'd like to come back to that one. And then yeah. year four is the year of discipleship, which is what we're in this year, which is relaunching of men's ministry, relaunching of Sunday school, relaunching of small groups for us, um, all centered in a way to build relationship with each other around mission and purpose to really um, help build in each other's lives, a life of surrender to Christ. Yeah. But, so as you wrap up this year, then you move back into another season or another yeah. year of vision, vision casting, and yeah. that cycle continues every four years. I love that. So Absolutely. in four years, the hope is you're not relaunching another men's ministry, right? That exactly. Your men's ministry has been strong for four years, and maybe they're launching something else out of that potentially. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Fantastic. Well, you said you wanted to come back to the the outreach piece. It sounds like you there's some side, exciting things that happened last year as you moved through that that may be continuing on now, even in the year four. So I want to give yeah. you an opportunity to share a little bit about that. Yeah, thank you. I think one of the cool parts and one of the things, again, I'm grateful for with the United Brethren and the help and relational connection is we did UB Global's missional DNA, right? So our denominations mm. outreach arm has a way and a built-in tool to work with churches over a series of some meetings with your leadership to help identify, like, where are your missional opportunities in your community? And that was a very helpful thing for us. It provided some affirmation on some direction we wanted to go and created some new ideas for us. And, and that helped sort us into two kind of primary um, strategies. First one is strategic partnerships. And secondly is, you know, uh, relationally centered ministries. So for okay. like strategic partnerships, um, we have a, a, a women's addiction ministry in our community that we've supported you know, for years. I mean, and, and when I say support, like giving a couple hundred dollars a year, look, we, mm -hmm. we've, we pared down maybe some of the ministries that we invested into financially and increased investment in some key ones. And this is one of them. So we have volunteers that go out and teach classes to the ladies. We give them more money than we did before. We, we, and a group of guys drove an hour away, picked up a donated play set, you know, drove it over to their property, set it up so that the ladies could play with their kids on the property. And they're trying to rebuild the relationship with their kids. Uh, some of the ladies at our church now provide every woman that graduates with a graduation gift. Um, it's a series of memorabilia, scripture verses, uh, a necklace that that every woman gets. And we provide that um, to them and go to their graduation parties to celebrate what these women have done as they walk through. So that's one of our strategic partnerships. We that's have awesome. A, yeah, we have another one with a um, a local ministry that's centered around troubled youth. Um, I worked with a kid last year who, at the age of 13, tried to commit suicide. His mom came home, found mm -hmm. him hanging from a tree by a rope around his neck. And oh, so man. I worked with this young guy for a year. We shot arrows. We went fishing. We did ministry on horses. And the goal then is to put young people around solid Christian, um, mature adults who will invest relationally into them, right, to share with them the love of Jesus Christ, both in actions and in words. So that was another. So our men's ministry goes out there and serves. We host uh, gatherings out there, right? It just becomes a place where we heavily invest ourselves relationally. Um, the third, the homegrown ministry, we only have one that we focused on this year, which is our Game Hub ministry. So Game Hub, okay. Opal, United Brethren. And so it is, okay. a, we have a lot of people that love board games, card games in our church. So we do a monthly game night that's centered for non-believers. It's an invite only for Hopewell people that we have strategically placed people in that ministry. We provide snacks. We have a, a board game arsenal on a cart we roll out and we sit around playing board games because our people love board games. People in our community love board games. And it's a chance to build relationships mm -hmm. around a, an activity that's, um, you know, a mutual hobby that makes it very easy to be around each other. One of the fun things with that ministry is that we, um, during COVID, um, one of the local game shops in Fort Wayne shut down. Now this game shop did what they call a board game garage sale. And so people would bring in their board game collections priced and labeled, and they would just host a garage sale, and, and they would collect all the money for people and distribute it out to people that brought in board games. Wow. Hundreds of people would, wow. would participate in this event. Um, they shut down during COVID. We took over that, that service to the community. So we've done two. This last one, we had over 1,000 board games in our, full, in our uh, sanctuary. We had like three or 400 people come through. I mean, 
thousands upon thousands of dollars exchange hands at this thing. It is absolutely wild. Wow. But it's a chance for us to serve our community, to give people invites to those um, board game, you know, monthly board game meetings. And we have had to build, we yeah. built a relationship with multiple non-believers and have had several people actually come to Christ and come to little come to Hopewell through that ministry. So it's for me, that's a real fun one that's effective, that's been helpful. Um, and that's um, it's an idea of ministry that churches can model in their local communities. Yeah, that's exciting. What a, what a unique idea, a unique opportunity and a unique idea to serve your community uh, as an outreach. You get to get to know people and build relationships there. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, well, Ryan, I have three questions. We, I want to end every interview with the same three questions that I'm going to ask everyone. And they're not questions. I, I, did, I didn't prepare you for these. I just told you I've got three questions. I'm going to shoot at you rapid fire. Are you ready? <laughs> Hopefully. Okay. <laughs> Tell me someone who, in some of some of these, you may have already answered in the in the course of our conversation. But tell me, first one is someone who has highly, greatly impacted your life. Hmm. Um, on a personal level, uh, it would be my uncle. It'd be my dad's biological brother. He's been a lay leader in the church for decades, and so for me, it's been very helpful to have someone who's not attending my church, someone who's not a pastor but has incredible heart for ministry to to, hmm. to shepherd me as a man, and to help me see the church through the eyes of laity in a, um, in a way that pastors often miss. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, you handled the first one really well there, that first question. Uh, second question is something you hope to accomplish in the next year. That could be personal or church. No, that's good. I think um, uh, it's personal and in intersects with church. I think I am seeing a need to, to recalibrate the way I do rhythms for my job. Um, you know, mm. the ministry is high demand ministry, even at a church of, you know, we're not a huge church, but a lot goes on and there's a lot of demands. And so learning to grow in faith, to trust the Lord and setting good rhythms. So times of rest, times for refreshment, time for, uh, retreat with the Lord. So that is one of my goals this next year. I'm, I'm feeling after four years of real hard pushing, um, <laughs> that the tank is getting a little bit too dry, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that plays right into the third question I wanted to ask you is someplace where you find rest. That's great. Two things. One is hanging out with my family. I, I really enjoy playing a board game with my family, recreating with them. Uh, secondly, would probably be ice fishing. I love to fish and ice fish. It's a family ice tradition. Fishing. Yeah. Get bundled up, get okay. some gear. Go drill a hole in some ice and uh, okay. stay warm. That that does it for me. Where do you go? Where's um, your your spot? Yeah, all over the place. Uh, we often will do Hamilton Lake. Up, uh, it's in Angola. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, Ryan, you handled those three questions like a champ, man. I figured you would. They're not not hard. They're things that I think are built into us, which is why I don't want to prepare people to overthink them. I just want to hear from your heart uh, as you share the people and the places where that have been really impactful for you. Um, well, Ryan, I just want to wrap this up uh, by I'll, I'll share your social media uh, in the, the the description of this video. If people want to know more about Hopewell Church, we'll put the, the website and the social media there. Uh, and if they want to reach out to you, I'll put your contact information there if you're okay with that. Um, but something you said earlier that I just kind of want to wrap up this interview with is just this idea of you were, you said that you were the kid that every youth group wanted to reach. And, uh, you know, I, 
I love that because I have a, a background in youth ministry, right? And it's always how do we engage with, with young people outside of the church? Mm-hmm. And the way that you talked about relationships and family, the community and the family that you experienced in the church, I, I think is, it's not about the programs necessarily. The programs are helpful. They can bring kids in and we can engage kids that way, but it's the relationships, the community and the family that I think really draw young people into the church. And so that's my two cents on that. I just wanted to ask you one last question again, because I just thought of it as we got talking is, what advice would you give a church that's looking to reach kids like you yeah. uh, who come from a non-church background, but maybe have some interest and uh, maybe went to a VBS when they were younger. Yeah. Yeah. I would say kind of part of what you're saying, you know, we have to remember that programs are simply a vehicle for relationship, right? Like we have to understand mm-hmm. that, that all they do is provide an opportunity for relationship with people. So if we keep those relationships primary, then I think, and we keep our eyes fixed on the goal of extending relationship and hospitality, I think that, that, question, that desire, that goal helps shape in subtle and maybe significant ways the way that we go about approaching people that we interface with through ministries. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks. And I, you know, I, again, I, I appreciate that thought, that heart, uh, your, your strategic, the strategic way you go about that in your personal life and the way you're shaping the ministries at Hopewell to engage people in your community for for healthy relationships that point people to Jesus. So Ryan, thanks again for being here on episode one of You Be Now. Thanks, Ryan.